I think the biggest advice I can give anybody for work-life balance is the power of no. Being able to tell people no. Uh, I, I'm, I don't want that extra overtime. I don't want that extra board that you want me to join. I don't want to help you move that weekend. I got something else. Because uh, I, I know people that'll be like, hey, get mad at you because you can't help them move because you had daddy-daughter day planned and you're not going to tell your daughter, no, you know, we're not going uh, wherever so I can help this person move. What up, what up, what up? It's Three Brothers No Sense. I am Tavares Ferguson, a.k.a. Fur. Join my co-hosts, Rizy and Buff. Fellas, tell them what's on your mind. Well, I just got a question for Buff. Okay. How was Miami, man? Man, Miami was much needed. I appreciate you asking. Miami was needed. Uh, y'all know I love going down there. And I and listen, I'm fully aware. I've seen posts in the past from women talking about, I'm going to teach my daughter how to make her own money so your son can't impress her with Vegas and Miami trips. I get it. It's Miami has become a basic trip for most people. That's fine. Not for me. It's peace of mind from the moment I arrived from that airport to the beach. I get like a euphoria, dog. And January was tough as hell for me. Like after that riot and the way we were working, there were some days I was like, I felt overworked and stressed. And this trip is what got me through. Like, I was like, I just got to make it to March. I just got to make it to March. Because at the time, we thought we were going to be working like that the entire time. So I was like, you know, no off days. I know I have March. So this trip lived up to the expectations for me. Uh, I ate good. Had some. I, I dropped my, uh, my bottle that I showed y'all. So <laughs> it, it was a really great time, man. And I didn't, you know, do any of the whole clubbing thing. In it. Well, you can't anyway, but it was good for me without even doing any of that, man. So it was a great time. Nice. That's yeah, what's up, bro. You look less stressed. Yeah. Like, yeah, come on. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what else? Was there something else you was going to talk about? I'm sorry, I jumped in. <laughs> no, no, no. Go yeah. ahead and finish up, bro. I can wait. I can wait. Okay. Um, well, um, we'll we'll save the coming to America discussion. Let it have its own little thing. Uh, um, <laughs> so I do want to talk about coming to America, but before I, that, I have I've been watching. I want to talk about. Fur. Uh, he gave you Fur. homework. He I, put I, it I, in no, the text. I, no, I, I did coming to America. I know he's about to, he's about to say Wandavision though. <laughs> No, 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 not one division. No, I, I did come uh, to it, it was good. Later. I'm I'm not gonna talk about the, the series finale for that one. But um actually I want to talk about Joe Biden and uh the the administration and everybody talking about how you know oh they're not moving fast enough, they're not moving fast enough. But uh the COVID relief bill passed the Senate, it's going back to the House for uh approvals and, and reconciliation, and then uh we should be getting a COVID relief package. Uh 1.9 trillion dollars uh should be coming through. So uh, they kind of screwed us a little bit, uh, limiting who can get the the steamy checks this time. Yeah, but you know it is what it is. Uh, you know so the people I, who really really need it, they're gonna get it. I get it. Like I, so I didn't gets, need who it. Who gets but, these stimmies? Uh, it's eighty thousand um, dollars a single a year individual, yeah. one hundred sixty thousand dollars for uh, couples. So if you make more than that, uh, it's no haps. 
So you get nothing. Not it's not it. even like a, a prorated amount. You just get. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's 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 nothing. Oh, that's, um, that's, because that's AOC great. came on and she was complaining like you know we're sending no it, it was uh Representative Omar uh she was saying that uh we're sending less checks to people than the that um what's his name uh forty five did. So Trump sent more people uh, checks. And so they were kind of feeling some type of way about that. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, the stimmies are coming. But along those lines, everybody's talking Hold about on. how they're not moving fast enough. Hold Go on. Ahead. What, is this based off of 2020 tax returns or 2019? Because I'm trying to hold off. 2019 has been paid. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'm hoping, too, is that, uh, you know, I, I haven't filed my 2020 taxes yet. So I'm ho- it's off of 2019 unless you've already filed. So the IRS knows. So I haven't um, filed yet. Based on I'm that. Holding. Yeah. Yeah. Not so saying that I wouldn't filing. qualify if I filed. Because, you know, 160000 for a couple is great money. I'm just saying. Yes. Yes. So but along those lines, I wanted to talk ooh, about. Ooh, so uh, you're saying. Didn't they raise the limit then? Because it wasn't one hundred and sixty thousand for couples originally. I think I think it was maybe one fifty, but uh, you didn't get completely cut off if you made more than one fifty. Like as long as you made within made less than two hundred thousand, you got something. This time yeah. you get nothing. Ah, you know what I'm thinking. Never mind. That's just yeah. personal stuff. Filing. Yeah. So. <laughs> So anyway, but that and I'm really, really excited about the new bill that uh, they just introduced HB1. So I don't I don't know if you guys know uh, about HB1. HB1 is basically the new Voting Rights Act. Um, and so it is huge. It's probably the biggest piece of legislation uh, since the Voting Rights Act in the 60s. And uh, I would even probably put it above Obamacare, uh, the ACA. Uh, it is huge, huge, huge. It it, it takes care of. Uh, it should be overturning Citizens United, getting a lot of money out of um out of politics, as well as thinking through all of the like disenfranchisement that's happening uh, with Republican states. Uh, you know, your your Texas in general, as well as Georgia and some of the other states that are really, really going hard with disenfranchising uh, individual voters. And so uh, it's going to open up the floodgates. It talks through Florida and that whole um, giving felons the right to vote again. So the new age poll tax that they're trying with that. So it addresses so much when it comes to uh, voting rights. And uh, I think there's a Republican that's on record that says if, if HB1 passes, Republicans won't pa- uh, win <laughs> another uh, race. And, so, and, they know, know. and they know that, too, which is why what happened in Georgia, it really I've never been more pissed off at people that say your vote doesn't count because. As Stacey Abrams said, you know, Republicans now are trying to attack the whole mail-in ballot thing in Georgia. But she was like, up until this year, when both Warnock and uh, Ossoff won, Ossoff won, Republican voters are the ones that utilize mail-in voting. But now that they lost, they want to do something about it. They know voting matters. And that's why Texas and Georgia and all these other states, Florida, are doing so much that they possibly can to try to restrict people like that look like the three of us from voting. So yep. it's just really frustrating. I know you can't change some people's mind, but it's frustrating when you see people say that ignorant. Sh- just say just say you don't know what's going on. And that's why you can not vote. That's all you got to say, man. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, or you just, you're right. They don't know what's going on or they don't know the importance of what's going on. Um, it's easy because, too. It's easy to be lazy. You know what yeah. I mean? But think about this HB1. The thing about it is this is what I call a nut check. We're going to truly see if the Dems, including Biden, will let their nuts hang. Because if, <laughs> if, if it doesn't happen by 2022, this should never happen because they, they, they peep game and now the Republicans will come even harder. You know, it's like fool me once. Shame on shame. Shame on you. Fool me. Well, I can't be fooled <laughs> again. Fool, we can't fool again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, so, Shout out W. Bush. <laughs> you know, W. But that's how it is. It's like they are, they are panicking. It's like if these Dems get past yeah. this right here, but they're going and the Dems have... They have the, if they were ever going to get it done, now's the time. Because mm-hmm. what do they need to pick up in 2022? One, one, one Senate seat? Yeah. Yeah. And what, six House? That's what we're trying to get? If they get six House, they'll have a super majority, won't they? No, six. Uh, I was looking at it yesterday. I think it's six seats. If they get six more seats, won't they have a super majority? Because the, they have. The Dems. I think they yeah. need more than that because they're, they're no. The Trump. Republicans are needing. This is what I'm saying. The 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 Republicans okay. pick this up. Yeah, you know, because they're just they they don't have that. They, they don't need much to get back in their favor. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's now it's kind of like you can't can't play around. Mm-hmm. And doesn't uh HBO have something to do with uh the minimum wage as well, Rizzy? Is that on the, in there? No, it was. They tried to do the minimum wage inside of the uh, stimulus package and uh, it got shot down because I think there was like six uh, senators that voted or. Yeah, it was senators that voted. Democratic senators voted no for the amendment to put it in there. I I hate to say it, but I kind of agree. I think that fifteen dollars needs to be um, its own standalone package. Yeah. Cool, cool, good stuff, man. So, um, that's all I got, man. So I and listen, I, my my question is short today, so we can spend a little time on this. But um, we always talking about shows to watch, and I've been watching the uh, the Allen versus Farrell documentary on HBO Max, and you know, I knew a little bit about Woody Woody Allen and what he had done, not to the extent that I'm learning now, but. He, I don't even know where to start. Mia Farrow has to be slow. Like, I don't know how you have all this evidence against this man. Finding pictures of of your daughter that you adopted, provocative pictures in his apartment. Uh, The therapist coming to you saying things. The babysitter saying that she saw his face in your daughter's lap. Like All of this evidence and your response to it is to go tell a therapist. Like, you didn't think to call the police, like murder wasn't on the table, like ass whooping. None of that was on the table. So it's just it's just amazing how this dude was literally the R. Kelly of Hollywood. And by that, I mean, he was doing this and and through his art, he was rubbing it in our faces like R. Kelly. He's on the cover of Aaliyah's album cover. She's like 16. Age ain't nothing but a number. And he in the background, like looking at her. Like that's just throwing it in our face. Seems like you're ready. The whole underage thing. Woody Allen, almost all, he had like a string of movies where he's the main character 
and this underage girl wants him, this 17 year old, like I think the movie was called Manhattan. Other movies where a young 19 is always some very, very young woman that's attracted to him and that he can't help himself from being with. So he's just showing it in our face. And it plays. Isn't out. he a sex symbol? Yeah, hell no. <laughs> He's like a younger Bernie, Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Bernie. Yeah, yeah. So it's just it's just incredible, man. So And not I, as cool. I am and not as cool at all. But I mean, you know, good good movie maker, but uh check it out if you haven't, man. Allen versus Farrell on HBO Max. I just thought it was incredible to watch the similarities between him and R. Kelly. Well, they go. You hear that all the time. You hear, uh, you hear about Woody Allen. You hear about like Elvis Presley and stuff like that. And there's all these white celebrities who weren't persecuted the way art. And this is a catch twenty two. And I don't, I don't really want to go down this rabbit hole like that and excuse R. Kelly. Where they're like, well, do it though. Do it. He didn't. He didn't. They didn't get crucified like R. Kelly did. You know, Elvis and. President Kennedy. Yeah. He was fucking 16 year olds in the Oval Office. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but it, I guess it's, it's excusable. But R. Kelly was, you know, demonized and then they, then they kind of spin off and go Bill Cosby and stuff like that. All that stuff's interconnected. But it's not the first time that a famous Hollywood star has had inappropriate and underage relationships. And it's taboo. They get a slip, slip, uh, a smack on the wrist and it it goes on. They move on because like Elvis married with Priscilla. Is it Priscilla Presley? Is that mm-hmm. Yeah, she was underage. I want to say she was like 15, 16. Yeah, 15, 15. Yep. But then it was, then they became like the world's favorite couple. You know? I mean, I, it was funny. I was uh, driving yesterday and listening to The Groove on Sirius XM Radio. Shout out to them. But um, 17 mm-hmm. came on. And I don't know if y'all ever heard the song by Rick James. It's like she was just seventeen, and she was sexy. Like, <laughs> well, well so, we know Rick James is a super freak. I mean, he he didn't hide it at all. <laughs> but so uh, yeah, it it was like one of those things that it was kind of it, it it was. But was it cultural? Didn't it? Well, people just didn't think that it was as big of a deal as it was. Um, back then, and and you know that's that whole idea of cancel culture, and and folks not understanding what cancel culture is. But I saw a meme that said like the church was the biggest cancel culture proponent up until today. Um, you know it it was very easy for them to be like, oh, you can't watch Harry Potter. That's witchcraft. You can't do this. That's this. That's that. And and they would cancel something super fast if they felt like it was secular, the music and everything else. But then, you know, when folks are starting to cancel uh, stuff that they kind of like, now it's like, oh, it's a problem. It's cancel culture at this point. All it is, is it's capitalism. That's what it is. It's like, hey, I don't agree with this. I don't agree with what you're doing. I don't have to give you my money. Yeah. I, I hate people that whine about cancel culture. Uh, I had a coworker that asked me about that because, you know, the whole Dr. Seuss thing has come out and, and I'm like, oh, and, I'm and like, they don't even understand that. Like that, they, they, they're talking about the cat in the hat. And it's I'm like, they're not canceling cat in the hat. They're canceling like, what was it? Uh, uh, one time on Manhattan drive or some crazy, yeah. like they're canceling six books that you probably have never heard of ever because nobody really looks at them anymore. 
And and the company was the ones that was like, yeah, this is kind of racist. We're not going to produce this anymore. Both sides do it, man. Like they they were ready to cancel NFL players for kneeling. The the Trump administration was ready to cancel uh, Jamel Hill for speaking out against him. So nobody owns the whole. I'm tired of cancel culture because both sides do it. I just wish people would on their individual selves, just decide, like, I choose not to listen to R. Kelly anymore. But I'm not on a crusade to make everybody else do it. If that's what you choose to do, fine, because like it or not, most of our entertainers are messed up and have done something. James Brown beat the hell out of his wife. I mean, you mentioned Elvis, so you really can find a reason to cancel almost any entertainer. So just make the individual decision on your own. So this, let me see, I just had it. The six books that Dr. Seuss were getting canceled were, and to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street, if I ran the zoo, Mac Elligott's pool, on Beyond Zebra, Scrambled Egg Super, the Cat's Quizzer. I was a Dr. I mean, Dr. Seuss fanatic. I ain't never heard of Nana these. I think I might have <laughs> exactly. ran. I think I might have read. I ran the zoo. That might be the only one. So. um Cancel, cancel those books, move on. Um, but we don't want to beleaguer that that point. I actually was going to talk about Dr. Seuss, so I'm glad you brought that up. This week's been kind of crazy for me. I'm just glad to enter a new week. Been stressful, but I feel better. We're in, we just uh, entered March. It's a good week, good start. You know, I'll save my comments to last. Let's go ahead and jump into the show, fellas. We got uh, Sophie on there. She, we, we, we don't, but oh, oh, before we jump into that, um, I don't know if y'all heard about the news about, uh, Diddy, uh, almost getting arrested. Did y'all hear about that? No. Yeah. He, uh, he ran a red light and when they asked him why, he was like, well, I thought I told you that I won't stop. He, really, I, you know what? he got me. He got me on that one. Cause I'm like, you know what? he got me. I saw it coming. <laughs> I saw it and I'm like, great transition. If he can just bring it in. Bring it home. <laughs> so, you know. Nah. I'll give it three and a quarter stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was pretty good, bro. You've been did Sophie help you help you with that one? She did, she did. She's been quizzing me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll jump into it. Um fellas, let's 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 take let's take a trip down memory lane real quick. When you were in high school, I know we all thought we were grown and stuff like that. But at any point, did your parents not know how good or bad you were doing in school? Like how how bad could things have gotten without your mama's noticing or your dad noticing that that hit the fan? I mean, in high school, I'm sure. Had I been doing bad, I could have, I don't know how long I could have, but I I, I could have hidden it from her for a while. Like, What's a while? Give me, give me. Maybe, maybe a quarter, you know? Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Rizzy, I know your mama. You couldn't skip school. Rizzy, what'd you do? How was school today? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just couldn't lie. So it really wouldn't, it wouldn't have been long, but like, like Byron said, it, it was no more than a quarter. Because I don't know if y'all got you guys remember, but 
uh, my parents set our allowance based on our grades. So nah. yeah, every right. time grades came out, they knew when they were coming out. And that's how they knew. Because my dad was like, you know, you can not make straight A's because that's that's less expensive for me. Mm-hmm. Cool. Get that B. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's less money I got to spend. Um, so, you know, but we, we they they would know based on that whether you were passing or not. And, uh, you know, it, w- it was times that, you know, somebody, uh, you know, poo might be doing not as well in a subject or something like that. And <laughs> and so that's how they knew that, OK, we got to work on this. And well, my I, dad on, was really serious about that. I don't want to take us all the way down. I just so you gave me time a quarter. OK, so what about your kids? How long could they go? Ooh, right school. now, the way, a week. Yeah, the way it's set up now, like I literally get every grade she makes sent to my phone. So, isn't that kind of a new thing now with college? I mean, high school, even just public schools. Period. Yeah. Yeah. So, is there any way possible that your kid could go to school for four years? Pass and only pass three, three classes, classes <laughs> and have a. Point one three GPA <laughs> get to their senior year in high school. And then you find out that they're going to have to start back over as a freshman. Good Lord. Nah. So I've seen this com. I've seen this uh, conversation and there was blame. You know, some people blame both parts. Some people blame the parents. Some people blame just blame the school. This is a school in Baltimore where this young lady, a mother uh, four, her oldest son, got to his senior year or went to high school for four years. <laughs> and when he when she found out when she thought he was going to graduate in June, in January, she found out that he had a point one three GPA, only passed three classes, missed two hundred missed or was tardy for two hundred and seventy two days uh, in the first three years of his high school career. And she was shocked that um, that he's not going to graduate. How does that happen? What are your thoughts on that? That woman busy. Um, but it, it's it's one of those things that now. Oh, uh, another part of that though is he's like in the top half of his class. Yeah, I was going to bring it up. He is <laughs> out of hundred out of one hundred and twenty students. He is ranked number sixty two. So that means that there are, what, 61 other kids who have worse GPAs than him in his his graduating class, right? Yeah, in the class. In his class. They ain't ain't, ain't graduating. Yeah. yeah. So at what point, and I I thought about this because I know you talked about, you know, uh, charter schools and stuff like that um, and schools failing because schools are failing kids. So go i don't even know my question like how does that happen what's the solution yeah i i i have i have so many questions that that go along with this like if he was that truant why was a truant officer not engaged why was nobody going to her house why why was she not more uh alerted to what was happening if he was that truant if his grades were that bad do they have emails or phone calls or whatever where they had that parent teacher conferences that they requested uh something like that like there should be no way that she didn't know this was coming and the school hadn't like documented that they had tried to come uh to contact her so judging by how half of that school is failing at this point and that have lower GPAs than him. 
I do put a lot of that onus on the school because I feel like they didn't contact her and they de- weren't reaching out to her and they weren't actually worried about the truant kids. They were just like, well, if they want to come, then we'll teach them when they get here. But other than that, we really don't care. And that is a failure of that school for those kids. But what do you say to a mother that allows a kid to have a point one three? Like, do you think that call is going to change anything? At least at that point, the school, it will, it will be off the school to say, hey, you know, we, we did what we could uh, and we, we notified her. No, I don't think it would have changed much because but you never know. I mean, she she's a mom that's raising four kids. He's the oldest. Um, she may have just been like, hey, he left. He left for school every day. He came home for school every day. He advanced, um, you know, so I'm assuming he's doing OK. You know, it's one of those things that I I can see my parents if they didn't tie my grades to our allowance being like, you're good. I'm not worried about you because I leave for school. I'm advancing with my folks and and they're not they weren't as worried about me going to college um, as they were just making sure that I was good. So I, I could see how she may have not been as engaged trying to raise all the other kids. I think she's a single mom. If I read the article when I read the article, so it's, it's, it's not excusable for her, but understandable. It, it's probably three, a better Rising. way to say it. Point one, three. <laughs> Point one, three or, or a 2.0 or a 3.5. The thing about it is if she wasn't really checking for his grades like that, um, and the school wasn't contacting her saying that something's wrong. She just assumed that it was good. Yeah. So I don't know anything about this story, but I, I assume that uh, most parents whose kids are that truant and failing like that, they usually don't care and they don't, they have very little investment on whether or not their child succeeds. And a lot of times they're probably out there making money other ways and uh, providing for the family like that. So you mentioned how he was in the top half. So that school is probably used to dealing with those type of parents and have, you know, uh, position themselves to where they probably rarely do reach out to parents because they're so used to it. It's so normal at that school. Most of the parents don't care. So they have fell into a why even bother. But I still blame the school because if that's the attitude that you're taking, then you you know no you no longer need to be in the business of educating kids. If if that environment and those students have made you feel that way from the teachers all the way up to the principal, then it's time to shut that that school down. But we cannot allow the mom to go blameless. Like I get okay, he's advancing, but at some point you need to ask for grace. You are, you are a mother of four kids. So you know at some point, some type of grades, some type of educational currency need to be coming into your house for you to see and lay eyes on so that you're not surprised come graduation time. And for her to be surprised, that tells me that she has some amount of investment in whether or not he succeeds. And therefore, you can't wait until it's time to graduate to all of a sudden be shocked. Going a quarter, to going a whole school, y'all even give her a whole year, but to go four years without ever seeing any type of grades, anything like that, or asking questions, we got to put some of the blame on her as well. Oh, I'm with you, Buff. Like, yeah, the school, I, I, I think the school got to a breaking point. When he's in the top half of his class, 
is it is it just the school? Is it the environment? Mm-hmm. Is that the norm? It's like what do you, what do you do? Why send out those t- those emails? Why send out those texts? Mm-hmm. There, I can send it out, but why aren't you being proactive? Not pa- not passing the buck. That means I'm assuming you don't care. And because I mentored before, there is a difference in, and I want to make sure I use this right, passing and promoting. They can move people along. They'll just move you along because for one, the teacher doesn't want you in their class. I have a whole new group of freshmen coming in who need this space. I'm going to have so many kids in a class, so many, and we're just going to, you have a point. That means you're turning no homework because I don't understand how you get a point three, point one three. Point three, <laughs> that's probably top twenty five percent. I'm sorry, uh, a point one three. So it's like, why, why even bother? And they're just going to promote because we, we we assume that everybody has the the goal to graduate. You know, think think about how many people could just get their GEDs. They got four years of high school. They don't graduate. They go get their GED, and that's fine for some people. And I'm a, I'm just going out on a limb. I'm, I'm assuming that is the norm. You're gonna have a lot of dropouts, and then you have a lot of people that just they're gonna get their GED. They're gonna go to it, and it's for promoting because you can't keep holding them back. If they held the other sixty people back, these sixty people will still be in ninth grade. Yeah. And then you got another sixty. You know, the 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 younger the class, the more more people. So you probably got another 150, 200, You know, freshmen coming in every year. And we're just holding yep. these same 60 people back. They just got to move them out the way. And then teachers don't want to, why keep Rozzy in this classroom this, for three years if he hasn't turned in one lick of homework, he doesn't show up, he doesn't, um, he doesn't participate. I'm just, I just, I'm just going to go out on a limb and just assume he's a bad student. Like he just, I can't, that's not even going on a limb. Like he doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to do right. And so I just got to, I got to deal with him for four years. Move his ass on. That that's what I'm thinking. That the teachers are thinking. That's what the school has has to do. They have to keep moving people on. And the mother just thought being promoted was good enough. She knew. She's like, he has two point five credits. That's it. Two and a half credits. And she was cool with it. It's like when I worked in uh, for Enterprise. People are cool as long as you're hooking them up. Then when you you have to hook up for three years and you never decide to write. When we when we when when we call you on your BS, well, I always got this. Well, that was the hookup. Like at some point, you can't you you if 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 your if your luck or your hookup runs out, you can't just you can't just be mad at the world. Like, hey, you have to do some work. You have to turn in. You have to turn in tests. You have to turn in homework. You have to pass. You have to study. You got to do something. I'm not gonna go on a limb and. Uh, Grad, grad, graduate to give you a diploma. I hope you get your GED because obviously you didn't care enough. And maybe he didn't, I don't know if he didn't care enough. His mom didn't care enough. Um, hopefully the next three kids, she's, this is a learning lesson and she knows that they can't just all graduate high school this way. Cause I'm, I, I begin to wonder, I don't think this just starts at high school. Like, I think we all kind of yeah. rebelled in high school a little bit, but it wasn't to the point where we can go from making a 2.5, a 3.0, 3.5 elementary and middle school to all of a sudden having a 0.13. Did I say that right? A 0.13. 
Hey, yeah. hey, and and it's funny. Alabama actually is uh, taking that stance coming coming off of the whole no child left behind. Alabama just passed a law, I think, last year that if you're not reading to your grade level, you will be left behind. You will be held back. So because a lot of teachers and a lot of schools, that's what they were thinking is I got to advance most of these people because I got a big class coming up behind them. I, there's no way for me to keep them. Um, so I'm going to advance them pro- even if they aren't. And so you had kids in eighth, ninth grade reading at third, fourth grade level. Yeah. Um, and when and I worked so, in the schools, when I was working in the mentoring like that, it was breaking my heart to hear because we were teaching these at risk kids. And this is what the teachers are telling me or the counselors. I'm like, they're going to pass them. The teachers actually almost make a deal like, Rizzi, if you if you just there was literally this eight year old, the teacher made a the teacher and the mother made a pact with this kid. As long as he didn't disturb the class, he would come in every day and turn his his desk to the wall. And if he didn't get in trouble the whole school year, he had to turn and work. He knew, she was going to give him a PlayStation. Like that was his, he was being rewarded for just not disturbing the class because they have, he has to go to school. He has to be in class. So the teacher has to deal with him. And when she, he disrupts the whole class, he takes learning from, from everybody else. So they're rewarding this kid. Like we're going to, we're going to promote him and we're going to the mother, the teacher's going to promote him. That's her, her part of it. And then the, the, the mother's like, Hey, I'm going to get you a PlayStation. If you just go in here and just not act. I didn't say learn. He would come in and go to sleep. Um, uh, also we're assuming that she was really surprised, but if he missed that many days, what'd you say? 272 missed and tardy. I I, I question how hard he was even hiding this from her at some point. Like, like (laughs) we, I don't want to. I skipped school a couple of times growing up, but that was like here and there. That's easier to hide. When you miss that many days, when you're tardy that many days, at some point, you, you ain't really giving a shit. And I, I just question if he even, as, at a certain point, continued to hide it from her. So I'm... Well, no, because she, I think she thought, I'm, I'm assuming it's work thus far, why change it? If they're going to promote you, they promoted you in ninth grade, they promoted you in 10th grade, they promoted you in 11th grade. You think you're just going to walk across a, like, how do you get in? Well, of course, he's not applying for college. But it's like, okay, so you, you're going to graduate. What do you mean he's not going to graduate? Yeah. Well, he has 2.5 credits. He has a 0.13. But what do you, I mean, he's, he's a senior. Nah, he's just been here for four years. You know, <laughs> we promoted him to the next class. But to be, you got to think, to be a senior, you have to have, Hell, I'll put myself on blast. When I was in college, I was at FAM a long time. But I didn't become a senior or a junior until I had the credits to show. Like, you can you can fool yourself and say you're a senior because you've been there for four years, but that doesn't make you a senior. It means that you've been here for four years and you you can move on to the next class. But or, or not even move on to the next class. You can you can just sign up and take a different class, yeah. not necessarily the next level. Like you're not uh, you're not going yeah. to move on. Is are you progressing to? Right, right, yeah. It's just like oh, I'm gonna take pre cal. Nope. Now I'm gonna take um you know finite math, and I'm gonna take this, and so you just move between the maths, but never actually pass any of them. Because you got to be in the math. Yeah, because you got to be in the math. That that's that's a lot of times what's happening. I mean, it's sad, but. Again, I, I think it's it's blame all around uh, for that group. But that school, that's one of those schools that needs to be taken over. 
if if that point one whatever GPA is half of the school, uh, and at that point, that's not a school anymore. It's a holding. It's a holding. It's, yeah, yeah, it, so, it's yeah. it's yeah. So I don't even know. I hope it gets better. Education's crazy, but he was. I will say this: he did enter high school under Betsy DeVos, and I'm gone. <laughs> Who's next on the MIC? I'll, I'll kind of jump in there because uh, it, it's actually a pretty good segue talking about his mom and how she's working and raising four kids or whatever, and still having to try to kind of take care of the kids and 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 you know watch them and all of that and and like push them. So I had a question from one of my soldiers that. I wrote his recommendation for uh, officer candidate school. So he, he's going to, trying to go through OCS and you have to have recommendations. I wrote that for him and he asked me on one occasion, he was just like, can you talk through how work-life balance works with you with being a, a, a reservist and having a full-time job and having a family because he just got married. They're thinking about having kids. So he's kind of thinking through everything that he has to, to, to do and how to manage that work-life balance. Byron, you talked about how you were working so hard and Miami was kind of really, really needed. So just talk me through kind of how you guys balance work, play, extracurriculars, community service, and everything, and how, how you are able to balance all of that. Um, I'm a planner, so I try to, um, it's, it's kind of, I guess it's kind of corny, but I, I, I try to plan like things for us to do as a family. When I was doing daddy daughter day, I had like set aside days for the entire calendar year on when we would do daddy daughter day. Um, and then of course, you know, I got work now work can interrupt those plans sometimes, but I would always adjust, but making <laughs> if you enjoy your family and i and i say that you know because believe it or not not everybody enjoys their family like i i know people that will do will make several stops before they go home at the work because they dread going home but if you enjoy your family you're going to make time for it and it's it's just like the old adage you make time for what you want to do and so uh no matter how hectic or busy work gets and it and it definitely can like like I mentioned with January when you get that break when you get the free time you know you make time for your family for the community service I know Fur talks about that a lot and he he enjoys doing it and so I'm sure he probably makes specific time just for that so um that's basically it man just just finding the time to do the things that you enjoy. And if you enjoy community service, if you enjoy spending time with your family, that's what you're going to do when you have that free time. Otherwise you're going to work, you're going to work. And then when you get that free time, you're just going to be lazy around the house, I guess. So that's what I do, man. I, I definitely try and plan trips, plan outings. I'm always looking for things to do in this uh, DC area for us to do as a family. So, um, we enjoy it, and that's why I try and make time and plan for it. That's why I appreciate you, Buff. I, I need to do more of that, the planning. I'm a little bit on the other side. I prioritize and I set goals. 
And then I try to maneuver, maneuver them in because with, I think all that I have, especially in the last call it year or so, I have so many different moving parts with family members counting on me that I, I have to be able to be very flexible uh, depending on what my family needs here, depending on what work demands, uh, depending on just mentally where I'm at. Um, I kind of play it by ear. And then sometimes because I don't plan uh, well enough. Uh, things that get left by the uh, wayside, you know, I'll forget to do this or I'll just, you know, put this on the back burner um, uh, because I'll have a new goal or a new priority that comes up that might push off a daddy daughter day or push off a, a community service or a meeting I need to do. But I do best at things, things that are already set on my calendar, you know, like I have an investment club meeting every uh Tuesday night at seven, you know, and some if we switch it, you know, if I know in advance, it works better. But things that on my calendar work well, but I think my main thing that helps me is my priorities. You know, like my family comes first. And by my family I mean my my wife and then my kids and then my uh external family or extended family and then so on and so on. And then like work and community. So work allows me to do the things with my family and provide the life that I provide. And so I take that very seriously and I try to do the best that I can with that. And then, you know, just community and uh, community service and my mentees and finance. So I try to plan all those things, not plan, but prioritize those things. And as long as I'm hitting my marks more than um, that, I'm missing them. I feel pretty good. Um, but another thing that just helps me is that, but uh, Z's dope as hell. Like she, she, she brings me back. She centers me. Uh, she checks on me. Uh, like I've been telling you guys the last few weeks has been crazy. She scheduled an appointment with my therapist just to make sure that I was, I was okay. So those, those things help, uh, work-life balance. It comes and goes, you know, some, some, depending on what's going on in the world, you know, I keep telling myself, you know, these last few months have been tough, but I think it's a temporary thing because there's a, a lot of moving parts, a lot of things that are time sensitive that need me. But generally, it's pretty good. Um, and I think this pandemic just just has thrown me off kilter as well. So, but if I need to see your your calendar to see, do you actually have a calendar where you write stuff down? And I do. I get made fun of that, too, because they're like, you know, you can put that on your phone. But I'm like, I like... Physically having a calendar book. I have a calendar book uh, that our union gives us every year. Uh, and I, you know, I fill that calendar book out with things that I want to do. It's my little thing. Okay. What can I say? I might buy me a calendar. Jen was like that. Jen, Jen had to have a physical uh, book. She she couldn't do it on her phone or whatever. Yeah. Like, and she would do both so that, you know, we could see because we had a shared family calendar. Yeah. So she put it on there, but she had to put it in her physical book, too. Well, I need to. I'm going to need a calendar to remind me to write something on the calendar. <laughs> <laughs> like I start off with. So the thing about it, I'm very I like efficiency. So sometimes I feel like calendars and things can limit my my ability to move. Like if it's not efficient or makes or logical, it, it drives me crazy. So yeah. I need to I need to be very nimble. And I think that's part of the sales in me, like being able to move this around, like even people that meal prep. It makes so much sense, but it's like I could I could. I could plan the perfect meal today 
It's like, yeah. man, this is my favorite meal in the world. I'm going to eat this all week. I might not want it by tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah, I can't do the meal. You know, and that's how I am with planning something like, yeah, we're supposed to go out of town this week. But man, if we went out this week, you know, they're having this fair and da da da. And like all of a sudden it's like, but no, we put on the calendar to go out the, the second week in March. I just want to be like, you know what? We haven't done anything. Well, I'm going to try to do something the next week or so. Because I know family is important and I need to do something with the family and then I'll give myself a time period to accomplish that goal. Uh, but, you know, like you're, you've been playing in Miami since God knows when, you know, you've been playing in uh, even tab going to Vegas since yeah. God knows when. So you're a planner. Yeah. I, and yeah. and I've, I've had to learn to be flexible too, because I used to get really anal if we didn't do what I had planned on that day. Like I would get mad if something would change those plans. Like, damn it, we're supposed to do it this weekend. So Yeah, because my this, this Miami trip had to get changed a couple times, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, my birthday was in February. You see, I went in March. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This was your birthday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... so. It, it it happens, man. Yeah. But uh, just just let Allison know uh, her birthday um, trip better not change because I already bought tickets and we bought you know hotels oh. and everything. You bought plane tickets? So, yeah, I bought plane tickets. God, dang, I caught okay. I caught a deal on American. Um, so I went ahead and bought the tickets too. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> well, it's from Birmingham, but you know, I, I, so it wasn't like a special, I, like I, you know. Hey, j- I will say airlines have been very good with uh, allowing you to cancel and at least not charging you a fee and you just keep the entire credit to use later. So it's, yeah, that's true. You, you can kind of buy with ease now. Cool. So for me, um, I think the biggest advice I can give anybody for work-life balance is the power of no. Being able to tell people no. Uh, I, I'm, I don't want that extra overtime. I don't want that extra board that you want me to join. I don't want to help you move that weekend. I got something else because uh, I, I know people that will be like, hey, get mad at you because you can't help them move because you had daddy daughter day planned and you're not going to tell your daughter. No, you know, we're not going uh, wherever so I can help this person move. Like the power of no is huge when it comes to, um, you know, just work life balance. And, and that no can be inside of work. Uh, so many times we feel like we got to tell the boss yes every time. Uh, we got to we gotta take on that extra project. We got to take on that extra thing so we can advance. And truthfully, uh, you know, saying no on an occasion is not going to be a bad thing for your career progression. Uh, you, you can say, you know, I, I, I can't do it this weekend. Can I do it next weekend? Or can I, can I have it next week? I can't have it by this Friday. I can have it by next Friday. Like there is some negotiation there uh, if you need to with some of the uh, things you can do at work. So learn how to say no. Learn how to tell uh, folks that you can do things and learn how to know how much time you have left. Uh, like Ferg talked about the priorities. And if your family is a priority, Byron talked about, hey, I'm going to make sure that I put these times on the calendar and no, nothing's going to be, I'm not going to accept a new project because I have this on my calendar already uh, because I have that priority of my family and I got to spend that time with them. 
but I, I do like time, like plotting everything because I block off a lot of time for the kids, especially now I have to, right? I, I don't have a choice. But even before when Jen was here, it was like, I knew that, you know, between certain times, that was my get them in the bed, get them bathed and stuff. And I would, I would tell folks, no, I can't do anything between like eight and nine. That was, that was our time uh, for the kids or between seven and eight. Uh, I'm, I'm blocking things off. I can't make conference calls or whatever. Don't put me on a conference call at seven o'clock. Not going to happen. Now, you know, as a reservist, you kind of don't have that, uh, you know, ability, right? Uh, the, the battalion the brigade, they're going to set the conference calls. They're going to tell you when you got to be on and things like that. But what you have to do is you have to go back to that calendar and say, okay, I got these calls every Tuesday at seven. Um, talk with Jen at the time. Jen, you got the kids. You got to bathe them and everything. I'm not going to be able to bathe them on those days. But I knew that Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays were kind of my days. I was going to bathe them on those days so that we could have that work-life balance, help each other out, help the spouse out, uh, and then have our time together uh, as family. So it, it's, it's all a balancing act. Uh, that's why they call it work-life balance. It's not one or the other. You gotta, you gotta go all in if you want to progress and you want to do well in anything that you do, whether it's family, job, you know, reserves, uh, community service. You want to be on a board or whatever. You got to be able to make that time for it. But you just got to make sure you're not spreading yourself too thin and saying yes to too many things. That's really how you can make sure that that work-life balance happens. Yeah, I mean, that, that was a good point. What are you about to say, Buff? Now I'm going to say shout out to Shonda Rhimes. That's something that she's big on, learning how to say no. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. The thing about it is, and I'm, two points. When we answer questions like that, I also have to think that the way I think or the way we think or things that come easy to us don't necessarily come easy to everybody else. Because I had a similar talk with my coworkers about my manager and, you know, he he can be he can be tough. I think he's a good guy. He can be tough on certain things and they're way more stressed on certain things like uh, like working on the weekend. I'm not doing it unless I need unless it's every blue moon. I'm fine, but it's something that he gave and he wants done by Monday. But by close of business Monday, Monday, I'll work on it Monday. I might not get anything else done Monday, but I'm my weekends for my family, and I'm okay with saying no or being or going against the grain because once again, my family. I can I believe you know I can get a new job. Never had a problem getting a new job. Can't get a new family, but. I am struggling with those certain things when we're talking about work-life balance um, because when I feel maybe I need to do better at writing things down and planning things and it helps me not necessarily to schedule things, but to track what I've done or to remind me what I've done. Because even when I talked to my therapist, we had this, I think maybe not this session, the last session, he was talking about false guilt. So a lot of times, because I feel like I'm doing other things and, Z's telling me I'm doing great with the kids and the family and all this stuff. But in my mind, it's like, man, I need to be doing more. I need to be doing more. And so I'll guilt myself into taking time away from my myself, because even like this, you know, when I tell my therapist, I have a, a podcast, which he might be listening to. He, he asked me for it the other day and I, uh, we'll see if he's listening. But um, it's time I feel like I'm taking away from the family. And anytime I'm t- in my thought process, me time is any time away from the family. Mm-hmm. And he had to help me understand that that's not me time. That's still you're doing stuff, but that's not you time because you're still thinking, you're still, you're just still entertaining, you're still, you know, being you rather than, 
You know, I play game video, more video games probably in the last two months than I played in the last 10 years. And it helps me relax. It's so, an awesome escape. It, yes, that, that's what know, it is. It's um, an escape. But even if you're struggling with work-life, work-life balance, talk to a therapist because there might be more to it than you think. You know, yep. for like for me, it was more so I had a lot of stuff going on. That means I, I felt like I had a full life, but I was balancing it well, but I was missing a piece of it. And that was time for me. You yep. know, we, I've talked a lot about the things I have going on outside of my household that I'm trying to manage and that are taking away from me or taking taking energy away from me or draining me to a certain extent and learning how to let those things go. Um, but I'm done, man. That's a good question. Yeah. Buff, what do you have? So I promised my question would be uh, quick and we'll we'll see if that holds true. So we've done the, um, the Hall Pass episode. I don't know if you guys remember your Hall Pass choices or if they've changed. Uh, mine has been tweaked a little bit. It's changed a little bit. But um, I wanted to ask you guys, uh, growing up, who were your top three celebrity childhood crushes? Like, what, what was your uh, middle school, high school Hall Passes back then? Topanga, Topanga, Topanga. No, just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah Topanga, to, definitely. Yeah, to, um, I don't know... Every, I think damn near every black guy in our, our age group had it for Topanga. Yeah. Buff, you about to make me a liar on the show? Okay, who was Topanga? Exactly. I knew Buff. <laughs> oh. Who was that? I knew Buff was going to make me a liar. From uh, what, what, what's Boy the, Meets um, World. Boy Meets World, yeah, yeah. Uh, Byron didn't watch that. I that was no on during Rap City. <laughs> that's what we that's what we doing. <laughs> I was watching freestyle in the booth. <laughs> yeah. So with, with free count though? Yeah. So, that was that was a crush. Yeah. Yeah. Free, free was bad. But how old were we though? What, we were like out of high school, weren't we? Uh when free was on, no, that was that was high school, I think. When um, AJ and Free was college, I think. Yeah, you sure? Yeah, because I remember meeting her when I worked at the airport. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna keep it simple. Uh, in no particular order, Ashley Banks, good one. Lisa Turtle and Topanga. Uh, I think what was um. The black chick that was on Clueless. Tell me, Stacy Dash. Stacy Dash. Stacy Dash. Wow. Back okay. in the day, she was bad though. She was Stacy Dash back in the day. Yeah, flawless. not not today, but Stacy Dash back in the day was yes. Um, so that was that was a a big crush of mine. Um, and then I think Ashley. I'll I'll go Ashley. Yeah. So that girl next door. Hmm. Brown skin, uh, get her. Yeah. So, so y'all all picking like sitcom women? Okay. Right. I mean, help help me. Uh, maybe maybe I'm I'm thrown off. Like you, you well, no, like, no, no, oh, no. yeah. I'm I'm good. Y'all didn't pick mine. Definitely Janet. I had a thing for Janet Jackson. Uh, yeah, but I had a thing for Janet since uh elementary school. So 
I mean, yeah, I was I was trying to think like our age range, like not I'm I'm crushing on a grown woman, like that, that's no, nah, I was no, crushing on a grown woman. That. <laughs> we definitely were, you know. I mean, we were. I'm just saying. It's like, like Janet. Yeah. So I fell in love. Let me tell you when I fell for Janet. Let's wait a while. I didn't know what I was waiting for, but I was willing to wait. <laughs> I didn't know, bro. <laughs> I can't make that shit up, bro. I like, I'm like, I'm with it, you know. Like, let's just wait a while, you know. Man, you I wanted to take, it. I wanted to take her to prom because growing up in the '80s, the prom was a culmination of everything in life. All those yeah. '80s teen movies were all about the prom, so I just wanted to take Janet to the prom. So it's not too late, Janet. <laughs> oh man, for some reason, man, people gave me. Crap for this, but I, I I was a Tyra Banks fan, man. It was like, but her forehead's so big. I was like, I don't care. I, I like Tyra Banks. I don't know why. Um, so Janet, Tyra, and uh the fine one. Tyra won't even she won't even think in the nineties though. I mean, neither was uh Stacey Dash, but y'all crushing on her. She's always been skinny. Yeah, but she was no, pretty. she's been a little curvy. Nah, nah, nah Stacey ain't was, never really been curvy. Yeah, that was that TV. Illusion. T- Topanga was thinking of Stacy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but a- Ashley, Ash- Ashley is a good one too. I remember someone lied and told me that was Muhammad Ali's daughter because it was like Tatiana Ali. That's his daughter. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm gonna go. Speaking with- of daughters, Layla Ali though. Yeah. No. We're yeah, not, yeah, we're not yeah. about to put her on. The, we're not putting her on the top. We're not about to put her like on a, a crushing type thing. Like no, she's no, attractive. No, because I didn't <laughs> no, know her no, until no. I was like an adult. Um, but yeah. yeah. She was, she was bad. So you said, so you had Tyra. Tyra, Janet, and I'll go with uh, Tatiana. I was going to say uh, the fine one from Invoke, but since I don't know her name or whatever, <laughs> I just remember the they give, giving him something he could feel ooh, video. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay. Chili. How oh, forget oh, chili? Oh, my my Yo, I crushed on chili so hard, I got mad that they ain't let her sing enough. I was like, they don't let her sing enough. <laughs> you know, you know, I like T Boz more. T Boz, T Boz when the nip slip or the 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 the, the oh yeah yeah yes, yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. on uh, creeping I yeah, think yeah, a red yeah, light yeah, special no 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 it was creeping it was creeping when the when the pajama top flew up I know this I used to know the time. Yeah, I think, I my, I think you told me about it. I think, I think you told me. I, I had to go, go to I school. Think, I think it was like me, Corey, Mike. I said, "Did you see?" He's like, <laughs> and so I went home to watch the video that day. Like I sent it, went and watched uh, whatever it was. Uh, I remember that. I think you, you guys were the ones that told me that. Yeah, man, that jaw flew up. I don't know how they didn't catch that, but it worked for me. Yeah, man. Yeah, was, so I like I like T Bows out of the group, man. More than like, chili, I don't know. Huh? It, it was that haircut, the little blonde with the little the little reverse bob or whatever it was. So yeah, it was it was yeah. All three were cute though. All three, yeah, were all cute. three. Like by the by the mm-hmm. end, I think I was a left eye fan. Honestly, I I think I forgot right. what it was. Like when I sat down and looked at it, I was like, I think she's the cutest. But, uh, like uh, I, I think- forgot what video or something like. But you know, I went through all three so. Chili, man, that was a good one. So yeah, Chili, Janet, Tyra, that's me. I think Chili, Chili <laughs> might have to Byron replace like, Ash. <laughs> yeah, I want. <laughs> I'll shoot my shot you, with adults. <laughs> you you want to try to wait a while? <laughs> nah. <laughs> shoot, All right, man, that's hilarious.
So nobody, okay, maybe I'm gonna let you finish, Raz. It's, it's time. Let's go ahead and close it on out because I thought we were gonna somebody was gonna have this question or talk about it. Uh, no, I, I, I don't have anything really other than um, you guys know we hit the one year mark of Jenica's passing last week. Um, I know Fergie asked about did I want to talk about it last episode, and and I kind of didn't. I was, I was dreading and super anxious and everything, but um, I want to just shout out everybody who did check on me. Yeah, you know. It, you know uh, and just was like, Hey, how are you doing everything? And it's, it's weird. I, I actually was doing okay. I, I you know, I kind of play around with my secret of, you know, the whole Avengers, Dr. Banner saying, you know, what's my secret. I'm always angry. And it's just like, I always miss her. It's like, I, I, I don't miss her any extra on those days. It's like, I, I miss her the same. And so it wasn't a huge thing, but it's the anxiety leading up to it is probably worse than the actual day. Uh, when I get in that day, it's just like, you know, I miss her, go through. What I have done, though, is I, I broke my kind of morning routine where I go through my memories because I knew the memories were going to be there of like the funeral and everybody coming in and that stuff that was happening. Um, I think announcing the funeral yesterday would have been three days after. So yeah, announcing the funeral uh, would have been on my timeline. And so like those things I've, I've stayed away from kind of Facebook and my Facebook memories and everything just to kind of not hit home too much. But ultimately, man, it, it was, it was just another day. And I, and I told you guys in a, in a group chat, it was like, I, I don't have any more firsts. And so it was a little bit of consolation knowing that I don't have to go through the first Christmas without her, the first first day of school without her, the first, you know, her birthday her, that she's not here. And, and, you know, we used to do her birthday like real big. Like we, we went to France around our, her birthday and anniversaries. And then we went to, um, you know, Hawaii for her 30th. And so like her birthday was a big, big deal. And so no more kind of first birthdays without her and, and, and that type of thing. So um, it, it's at this point, I feel like I've made it through the first year and I can keep going. And so that's kind of helpful that hitting that year mark, knowing that, all right, I made it a year. There, there's no reason that I can't continue on and, and navigate and figure that this thing out uh, life without her. And Tamara, shout out to her. Um, she kind of put in our group chat with her family, with Jen's family. Um, she was like, she learned in grief counseling that it's not moving on. It's learning how to move forward. And that was a huge kind of paradigm shift or, or way to look at it was uh, really kind of cool to say, um, you know, I'm not moving on past her or whatever, but I, we do have to move forward. So just shout out to everybody. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for all the love. Thank you for all the text chats, Facebook messages, everything for reaching out, checking on me. Um, and just, you know, know that I appreciate you guys. Yeah, man. Um, uh, that's just a hard act to follow. Um, I think you also talked about the 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 WandaVision episode, I think was it episode eight? The, the quote that Huck yeah, stuck. Yeah, the quote from there, it, was, um, it, it, it hit home for me a lot because it was like, what is grief but love persisting? And um, that, that, again, it's, it's looking at it from a different lens of thinking about, you know, it, it wouldn't have been a whole year and I'm still grieving if I didn't love her so hard, mm-hmm. you know? And so it, it's, it, it kind of puts 
a little bit of perspective on the grief and why you're still grieving. And it's because you're still loving the person and you're still loving the memories and everything like that. It's just hard to forget them. Um, so yeah, it is. It's, it's that love continuing to, to persist. Yeah. And it will always be there, you know? Yep. That, that March 6th date will uh, always stick out for us. So I remember we traveled down there on that day and, um, I just remember that that following week, how everything just changed with, uh, you know, with COVID. Like we had heard about COVID even when we were down there, but it seemed like that very next week is when things just really, really changed and shut down, man. And uh, Tab and I were definitely thinking about you. And I told her about, you know, your your Dr. Banner quote and everything. I thought it was perfect. And uh, I'm glad you're doing well. I'm sure it's still tough, man. You already know you got Ferg, me, and the rest of us. So uh, we we continue to pray for you, bro. Uh, that is a tough act to follow. I'll just end it with this because you mentioned WandaVision. Uh, I won't give away the season finale for those that haven't watched it. Uh, for me, overall, the episode was kind of meh, especially some of the uh, fighting scenes. But speaking of quotes, I'll just say this. The quote that her and Vision share towards the end of the episode is like, it's it's damn near iconic to me. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I actually posted it on my page. Like their exchange is, it's, I think it's the first real love story that Marvel has ever produced. And that, that, that part was well written, man. So I appreciate that. And also, man, shout out to Jay-Z. That brother made almost $600 million in a week selling his shares of Ace of Spade and Title. Uh, he's now worth $1.2 billion, I think. And no matter what your opinion is about him, you think about where he came from to where the he goat. is. Yeah, where he is now. It's just amazing to watch, man. And I just, I applaud it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so I haven't seen WandaVision yet, but you know, even that quote I was telling about earlier, like they, uh, I was reading an article on that, and they got it was received with mixed reviews because people like they're not used to there. It's almost like your shut up and dribble quote, like shut up and fight, like be a don't don't make me feel when I'm watching a Marvel movie or watching a an action uh, action scene, so. But I, I loved it. When I heard it, I'm like, that is that is that's dope. And then I think you reposted or somebody else reposted. And I was like that 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 it's I think it was. That could be the quote of 2020, you know, what I'm saying that that could be 2020 in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I haven't heard the new quote, so we'll see. Um, and I thought we were going to bring this up. And I guess since we were talking. Uh, coming to America. We just we just going we're going to just. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought we were going to close with that or somebody was going to ask a question about that. And I was like, I do I even bring it up? You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, thoughts, fellas. Simple. It was good. I don't I don't get the people who were expecting it to be better. Like uh, I saw a couple of comments. It wasn't as good as the first one. Well, duh, mother. I mean, I didn't expect it, but it was good. It served its purpose. And that's all I got, man. I. I like how they found a way to bring back everyone, all of the favorite characters from the first one. They fit them in in some type of way. And I enjoyed it. And it served its purpose for me. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it was fan service. It, it wasn't 
trying to make a blockbuster movie. It wasn't trying to, you know, get a Grammy or whatever it is they give Academy Awards and stuff like that. It really was just fan service. Like you said, bring back the people, bring back the folks we loved, uh, get them a little bit of shine. And it was, it was a, you know, it was a good story. Um, and, and when you talk about everybody who got to eat off that, um, you know, everybody, Ruth Carter from uh, the 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 costumes, man, beautiful, beautiful costuming. Um, the acting was fun. It was it was it was campy and it was goofy and and it, it had a lot of the old coming to America feel to it. Like if you look back at coming to America, it wasn't like the super great story. It was just it was the comedy was there and it was funny. And so I laughed. I mean, it was. I took it for what it was instead of what everybody kind of wanted it to be uh, and wanted it to be the super over the top, you know, hundred million dollar production. Um, and it was made during a pandemic at the same time. I think That's it was true. a good play from Eddie Murphy. Um, and and uh, it, it sets up probably a number three and a number four uh, for, that can be kind of better and bigger productions uh, if they wanted it to be. So I agree with everything you guys said. Um, first of all, there's no way. If if he made it as good or better than the first, he should retire, never make another movie again, and just retire as a goat. Because Coming to America is one of the funniest movies of all time. Top five, top ten. Like if you if it, it you know, for some, even number one, like you can't, you can't just do that twice. It just doesn't happen with the same cast and same characters and trying to duplicate. It just doesn't happen. Um, but you're right. It was a good movie. It was a really, it was funny. And I saw someone make a quote, any movie that makes me literally laugh out loud a couple of times is a good movie. And I literally, I saw, my, it was like, I laughed. You know, I laughed. Uh, the cast was great. Eddie Murphy put his daughter in her first movie. Um, that was cool. I mean, it was predictable. You saw the love story happen as soon as, as soon as she got the clip. It was like, yeah, he finna fall in love with her. Like, already knew. Uh, I mean, did you did you not see her? Yes, like, <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, the, the the cast, beautiful. Yes, you know, uh, yes. Um, all that all that magic. Yeah, it was it was black magic all over. Uh, it was even funny just to see Louis Anderson back in there. You know, first yep. washing lettuce, now the fries, now he's in Zamunda. Yeah, right, right into the McDowell's. Store. And that <laughs> it was hilarious. It was over the top, like how many Mac how they kept repeating that McDowell's joke, you know, the McSlurp McFlurby and uh, all the other stuff. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh, just, and the Pepsi, the Pepsi, Pepsi product placement was, was just hilarious. Just <laughs> hilarious. I'm like, it's so over the top that it's funny. It's it was a, a lot, some of it was cheesy funny, like it's like, but it was purposely cheesy. Even they would even they made a they talked about um, they, they were having a scene talking about American movies and how they do remakes, even yeah. remakes of old movies that nobody asked them to remake, you know, that were perfectly fine from the beginning. And it's like message. <laughs> but it was funny. I think Wesley Snipes did a good job. He was he was hilarious to me. Um, point. Anybody. My one big take from coming to America that I don't like. Anybody that knows me that about that movie, I did not like Cherie Headley. Lisa from Coming to America, mm-hmm. she was my, my least favorite character in Coming to America, believe it or not. I liked her this time. 
To me, I she's, like her she's prettier. Yeah. Even the, her drunk scene had me rolling. Um, up the bitch say what? Uh, they, they, <laughs> they gave her some funny lines this time because they, she yeah, didn't they have made any her. In the first one. Yeah, because she yeah, she, I didn't like her. I like the sister better. That's who. That's the only person they should have. I, I missed the sister. Yeah, Shireen mm-hmm. or Sherelle or whatever her name was. That's who. That's who they should have brought back. Um, but it was cool, you know. Even the the rapping scene, the uh, oh, yeah, was, the, f- the funeral uh, was, was on point. The funeral, the funeral <laughs> was dope. Yeah, 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 that was on point. I mean, it was a good movie, man. So go watch it. Go support it. Eddie produced it in. Did he produce it and direct it or? I don't think he directed. I think okay. he just produced. But it's from Eddie, Eddie Murphy or his his uh, production pro- company. So mm-hmm. go watch it. It was a good movie. It, the family can watch it together. It's a lot of. Uh, I love the daughters. I, I I really don't have a lot of negative stuff to say about the movie. Ohan yeah. was back. Babar was back. <laughs> Everybody was back. So, mm-hmm. um, with that being said. It is March. We're moving forward with 2020. You guys getting your shots this week anytime soon? Leave it with that. Trying, trying. Alabama, they, they've sucked this roll up out. So if you're not 55 or above or like diagnosed with like some really bad, like diabetes isn't enough. It's like you got to have heart conditions. Are they it's, checking? it's a really high bar. Are they um, checking? Because I don't know what I, I don't know what I had. But I got it. Z and I got it. I don't know if I was a healthcare worker for this one or I had uh, diabetes or I think I said sickle cell or so. I, I, whatever it was, I was getting on that list because, you know, Governor Abbott is telling Texas to go out there and raw dog this air again. Yeah. So, yeah. Can't play yeah, around. From the, from the people who brought you no power and no water. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, raw dog this air. Yeah. 2021. So, yeah. So I got mine. You got another one coming up in a month. Z had arm pain. I had a headache from hell yesterday. So besides that, everything's fine. Three brothers, no sense. Listen, like, share, subscribe, comment. And most importantly, listen again. Talk to you next week.